a universal energy forming organic tribal algorithms that spans the globe, reaching down to its very core. Releasing you for inspirational revolution. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you the ultimate underground. gentlemen welcome back to the underground experience here with me your host captain and dj uncle earl on the radio how you doing it has been an exciting fall so far there have been so many things going on that i must update you on it is absolutely incredible what's going on uh the radio show is doing quite well we're in over 90 countries now and uh the listenership is growing daily um also one big announcement is the opening of Los Angeles Academy of Performing Arts, at which I'm the co-artistic director and musical theater instructor, along the in-residence at the Paul G. Gleason Theater, which is at 6520 Hollywood Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90028. The phone number there is 323-382-1141. This is Tony Bennett. If you have asthma or emphysema, I'd like to dedicate the next number to you, 1-800-222-LUNG. That's Lungline, a free information service of the National Jewish Center for Immunology and Respiratory Medicine in Denver. They've got the facts you need, so call 1-800-222-LUNG. That's 1-800-222-LUNG. Another great place to use Visa. They giggle and jiggle. They jump and they sing. They poke and they play with most wondrous things. And that's just the parents. At Creative Kids Stuff in Minneapolis, you'll find the most enchanting toys and games for kids of all ages. But if you want to bring home their innovation... This music is...
Bring toys and games for kids of all ages. But if you want to bring home their innovative playthings, you better bring your Visa card. Because at Creative Kids Stuff, you can let your child's imagination run wild, but you can't use American Express. Visa, it's everywhere you want to be. Before we get into the interview, I'd like to bring you something interesting. This music is by a band called Amy Can Be, and it's called Everywhere. I was introduced to this band over the social network by their manager, Mr. William Pony. Check out Amy Can Be. gentlemen that was amy can be with everywhere um also i'd love to give a special shout out to miss carla b of e o t m and that stands for entrepreneurs on the move they are a media radio entertainment public relations and marketing and event solutions company and their goal is to partner with people to create facilitate grow and so much more. I had the privilege of being interviewed 
uh, by her on her show recently, and she's incredible. She will be coming to the Underground Experience in the very near future. I just want to give a shout-out to Carla B. I met her at the Industry Connects at the L.A. Convention Center on a panel discussion we were on together for radio and... uh, uh, radio, uh, you know, and audio and music and indie artists and all this. It was run by, hosted by Dundee of The Radio Show. I'll give a shout out to them too. And MD, hey guys, how you doing? Okay, like I said, I will be coming up with uh, Mr. Cy Richardson, but I'd love to um, play one more selection that I received from a Los Angeles rock band. They go by the name of Roms. And they made their debut by releasing this first track I'm going to play, which is Can't Stop the Sound, earlier this year. And they have a forthcoming full CD on the way. This track was recorded and produced by Brian Yasulka, mixed by Johnny Kay, mastered by Ted Jensen of Sterling Sound. And they, you can hear them on Facebook. You can find them. They're, they're, they're really great. The uh, lead vocalist is Charles Salvaggio. And he says, It's not necessarily a bad thing to fail at something. When you do fail... And when you hit the very bottom, a lot of your shadows disappear, and you are able to take a look at who you really are. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'd love to give you a little sampling. This is the group ROMS with Can't Stop. Enjoy. What? 
Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl. How you doing? I've got a special spotlight today. I'm going to dig into the archives into my Legends and Masters series. I have a very interesting gentleman by the name of Cy Richardson, who is multifaceted. And I'm not going to even start trying to label him. You will see what I mean once we begin our talk. But um, I had the privilege of meeting him when I moved back to L.A. a few years ago at uh, an event for Town Street Theater. Um, I was uh, asked to perform with a good friend of mine, Miss Deborah Sharp Taylor, and Cy happened to be there and amongst many jewels in the industry, and I'm privileged and honored to have him here today. How you doing, Mr. Cy? I'm doing great, as always. Uh, <laughs> never let anything bother me. I know, that's right. But, you know, like, like I said, you, your, your life has been so rich in many ways. Besides the industry, I mean, you're, you're a devout Christian. Yeah. You are a consummate actor. I mean, you came from theater. Mm-hmm. Segued into film and television. And recordings. Yeah. Who can ask for anything more? <laughs> and you're a director. You're a producer. You're a writer. I mean, labels can go on and on, but you're just a very talented treasure chest I'm one of those guys who like to say that I'm an actor who does things Uh that's the best way to put it okay that's one way to look at it alright but you were let's let's go back to the beginning your roots you're from is it Cincinnati Ohio I'm originally from Cincinnati but I was raised in Chicago okay I lived in Cincinnati a couple years when I was born and 10 years later went back to meet my to stay with my grandmother Mm -hmm. yeah but I spent the majority of my life in Chicago okay I I say Chicago because I went to 15 grammar schools 5 high schools and 3 colleges (laughs) I lived all over Chicago okay yeah now was it difficult moving from Chicago to what's the big first big city you went to after Chicago oh big city I went to after Chicago would be Denver Colorado Denver yeah not counting you know, I was in the Navy two years 
Oh, in the midst of all of that. Yeah, you yeah, have so, yeah. too. No, so what happened is, um, I have to go back farther now. Okay. <laughs> At eight years old, I went to see my first, well, they call them concerts today. In my day, it was called a stage show. Okay. You'd see a stage show and an all-black movie. Mm-hmm. And so... At eight years old, this young lady took me to see one. Okay. I saw Peg Lake Bates, uh, Stephen Fetchett, mm. uh, Lionel Hampton, and mm. I came home and told my parents, I want to be an entertainer. Mm. And that's when it all started. Okay. Know, my mother says, oh, baby, you can do anything you want to do. My father says, oh, you ain't going to be nothing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> right. So, you know, that's the way it right. goes. Right. So that's how it started. Ten years old, I sung in Cincinnati uh-huh. uh, at church, and I sung a song called Annie uh, Had a Baby in a Catholic School. They flip. My grandmother, all she did was when they told her about it, she just looked at me and smiled and shook her head, you know, see. Nice. Uh, so, uh, nice. But uh, I didn't become an actor until many years later. Mm-hmm. Although, at nine years old, I was in Chicago uh, at the Boys Center. Mm-hmm. And uh, this lady came in and wanted some actors for this play they were doing at church. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to do it. I'm a Gemini. I do a little anything. Right. So I go in and I asked my parents. They let me go. I went to this church. And I stood there with a spear, half-naked, waiting uh, at the beginning of the play. Mm-hmm. You heard two shots. I got killed, and it was, I was gone. Uh-uh. And my parents took me home, and I didn't even get a chance to put a curtain call. <laughs> that was my first experience oh, wow. in theater. <laughs> Next, at wow. 11 years old, okay. I was going to an all-white Catholic uh-huh. school in the uh, north side of Chicago. Yeah. And they took it to see a play in Cicero. Mm-hmm. Well, I came back and told my parents, I said, we went to these people's house and we saw them. And my mother said, no, baby. I said, that was a play. And she explained it to me. I said, oh. So then after that, the next play I saw, I was 26 years old. And I'm in college, junior mm-hmm. college. And this guy in my band class uh, was in his play. Mm-hmm. So that Monday morning, I'm staring at him. Everything, every move he made, he said, what right. are you looking at me so hard for? <laughs> I said, I saw you in this play, and you don't seem like the same guy. Then he explained to me, you know, at 32, I saw my first Broadway play that uh, troupe came to Chicago was uh, the, the Great White Hope. Oh. Brock Peters had the lead in it. Wow. And I was my first wife, and I mm-hmm. looked at her and I says, I can do that. Mm. She said, you think you can do anything? I said, oh, no, I can do that. You know you could do right. that. At 32 years old, I was doing my first play in Denver, Colorado, because I got a scholarship to Boulder. Nice. And I was doing, my, doing a play there uh-huh. called My Sweet Charlie. And okay. from there, I just kept right on. By just the time I graduated, going. I was working at a dinner theater doing plays for a year and a half. Hmm. Then <laughs> what happens is we did shows from Salt Lake City, Utah, to St. Louis, Missouri. So I'm saying, hey, you know, I'm this, I'm this brother in Denver. Not too many of us acting. Yes, yes. Uh, so I'm this big fish in this little pond. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if black folks like what I do because everybody at the theater is white. Exactly. So I go to St. Louis to do a show to get a feel for the people on that side. Mm-hmm. Get there. They love me and so forth. And we got there in July. We left in October and mm-hmm. it started to snow. So I figured if I got to be hungry and make it in this industry as an actor, I'm not going to New York for the oh, theater. Okay. I'm not going back to Denver and get back in the dinner theater circuit. I'm going to California because if I get to sleep in my car, I can at least be warm. Exactly. <laughs> so, so You don't need to plow out here. <laughs> so I moved, I moved to California. And nice. That's what started. I got there. had no place to go. had $50 in my pocket. Mm. Didn't know what I was going to do. And something says, what about that girl that lived with you and your ex-wife for 30 days and she moved to Los Angeles? So I called my ex-wife. Call I said, would it. you call Ann and see if uh, she let me stay with her for 30 days until yes. I can get a job and place to stay? She called and she told me yes. Gave me an address. I walked mm-hmm. to this gas station. I say, um, uh, where is this? He says, walk to the corner and walk down four blocks, and you're not in Los Angeles. You're in Santa Monica. God sent. Oh, my 
Goodness, I was that was to perfect. Be. Yeah. And so I did what uh, I thought everybody did. So you I, were truly near the beach. Yeah. All right. And I'm a, since I majored in journalism, mm-hmm. I figured since I can sell soap, I can sell me. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way I looked at it. So, and if you couldn't tell yourself, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, you'd yeah. be a problem. So that's what I started. Every morning I got up at 6 o'clock, put my program together. I had mm. five regular jobs I looked for, five casting directors I sent pictures. I took mm. pictures and resumes to, and, and five agents I took pictures and resumes to. And every Thursday I went to the drama log and looked in there. And 28 days I'd been there. I went to the drama log and I saw this job that says Cinderella, and they were looking for a 17-year-old blonde and a 30-year-old <laughs> black man. So I called up. Go and I, figure, right? And I called up. I said, look, uh, I understand you're looking for a 17-year-old blonde, and I'm ready. You know? <laughs> so she laughed and told me to come in. I went in. And when I got there, uh, they were having me audition. The director ran out the room, mm-hmm. got out. I went in. I read with this guy, and uh, they called the director back in. Mm-hmm. The director came back in, snatched the sides away from me, and said, do it again. So I did it again. Mm-hmm. I'm so naive, I didn't know. I memorized it. See, I, it never dawned on me that for a year and a half, yeah. I did a new play every six weeks. We rehearsed two weeks, and we did play for six so weeks. your mind was shot. Yeah, so I was ready. You so I ready. did it. And uh, that next day, I came in for a call back and so forth. So I'm waiting to go in the office to talk to the producer and director, and it was uh-huh. this old piano. Not a song I know is Lean On Me. You know, so I go down and I start playing, playing Lean On Me and singing yes. it. The director walks out, peeps his head out the door and says, uh, you sing too. I said, uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I got the job. I didn't find out until I got on the set that it was a softcore porn movie. Beep, beep, <laughs> bells and whistles. <laughs> yeah, oh. but it's too late then. And it's too late. I was the fairy godmother. Okay. Quote, and it was on. All right. So, yeah, and that one company, I did like four films for them. Nice. Well, on that note... I need to let the audience have a moment to think about all of that because we just gave them a lot. So again, but yeah, ladies and gentlemen, there's going to be so much more. We're going to have a good time here with Mr. Cy Richardson Richardson on our Legends and Masters series here at the Underground Experience. Don't miss it. Be right back. Ciao. Somebody just need to testify to something. Next to him, tell him, I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better, much better, I made it. Is there anybody in this house other than me that can declare you made it? Tell your neighbor. Hey, 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 ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Underground Experience with me, your host, Captain and DJ, Uncle Earl. How you doing? I'm fine. I'm having a chuckle fest (laughs) in here with Mr. Cy Richardson today. Artist extraordinaire, as he says, he's an actor who does many things. A lot can be said about that, but uh, right now you can see him in theaters in Larry Crown starring Tom Hanks. And I'll just add a few other things in. He was a reoccurring character in the 12 Emmy nominated series Pushing Daisies. And he has FedEx and Super Bowl commercials. And was a 2008 Emmy nominated commercial. Pigeon, correct? Yeah. Now, how did that feel? 
just a full commercial because you know, as an actor, you you never go into you know how a commercial is. You come in, you read it, you know, know if they like you or not, and then you do it and you're gone. You get your pay, you know. But getting an Emmy, well, you know, nomination. Well, you know, <laughs> I never looked at it anyway because I never wanted to do commercials. <laughs> I've been out here, but you were selling so. Yeah, <laughs> I was. I was. Uh, that was for newspapers, okay. magazines. So I came out here. I yeah. wanted to be a character actor. Mm-hmm. Period. No mm-hmm. stars, nothing. But I just want to be a good character actor. Mm-hmm. And I didn't start doing commercials until I died here twelve years. Mm-hmm. And, and that first commercial I did was one of the longest running commercials McDonald's ever done. Really? So I, I have no real sense of. I just do them because I got married. I needed money, and someone says, "Hey, you know, you make more money doing commercials." And mm-hmm. a friend of mine said she made a quarter of a million dollars off one commercial. Mm-hmm. I immediately found me a I photographer. A great love, and, <laughs> yeah, and that's how it all started. You know, so, but yeah, when but I got this, I didn't know what's going to happen, and I just mm-hmm. called my agent. I said, "You know what? Uh, we got nominated." He <laughs> said, "Yeah." So on top of that, it was the fourth best super. Bowl commercial of all the 59 years. Wow. You know, so it was, it was all right. Yeah. It does happen back. Now, with all of this we built up to, let's go back. You said you came out here to LA, you know, and you found a friend who mm-hmm. helped you along the way. And now, how was that once you got out here? Once I got out here yeah. and, and stayed with stayed with her for 30 days, I found my own place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had this one room. It was really nice. I didn't realize it because I was so busy trying to trying to eat and get a job. Uh-huh. There were weeks I had nothing but popcorn to eat for <laughs> breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Oh, my. <laughs> but it was okay, you know, because I came out here with a purpose. Yes. You know, see. Uh, it got to the place where I started booking small parts and small films and started doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. But suddenly, everything just stopped. So when it stopped... I was delivering newspapers in the morning. Mm. I was passing out uh, premiere screenings for people. Uh, get someone to buy one, you get a dollar for everyone. So right, take right. Thirty dollars, you know. <laughs> then it happened. I started working again. Then in the eighties, uh, that was strike. So I know I'm. I got oh, yeah, hit seventy six. So that was. Uh, I'm the new boy in the block. <laughs> I find this job working at California Federal Savings Bank, right down the street from here. Okay. And. Um, I was going to be a new accounts uh, uh, clerk, mm-hmm. and it was only a three-month gig. And that was cool because literally when I was in the Navy, I was a dispersing clerk. So being in the bank was no big thing. Right. So I go there for three months. Uh, three months is over with. I'm leaving. The mm-hmm. president says, where are you going? I say, my three months is over with. I'm quitting. He says, why? I say, I'm an actor, and if I get a film, uh, I'm going to quit anyway. He <laughs> said, well, I'll tell you what, actor, when you get a film, you come and see me. Oh, Avon calling, and and, and, it <laughs> ma- and he made me his secretary. Oh, really? So that way, uh, I spent the rest of my time six and a half years working with him. Wow! Uh, as secretary, well, actually four and a half years because then I transferred as a manager to the service center. Mm-hmm. But I made six movies while I was there. So and your schedule, he was willing to work with you on that. Every time I got an audition, I went on my auditions. Anytime I got a film, I go on my film, take a leave of absence, and come back. Great. Well, he left. I'm a manager now in the service center. I get a film to go to Spain mm. for four weeks. Mm-hmm. I get to Spain. The director tells me, say, hey, we need you five weeks. You know, So this is like my second or third film with him. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I called back and said, look, I need a fifth week. The lady who had taken over says, well, you know, this is a conflict of interest, and you can't be working with the bank and making movies. I said, I resign. Uh, <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, and that was the last time I had worked. Uh, mm-hmm. That last time I worked on a regular gig. Mm-hmm. But in '85, 
I was a working homeless. I lived, I slept in my car. I ended up in a mission, you know. So really? for me to resign like that in July of 86, as of in December of 85, I was homeless. Wow. I had been homeless for six months. Wow. Yeah, I was living in a mission in uh, Pasadena. Wow. See, uh, with nobody gave me an apartment. What happened then, this girl had been loving, we had to break it up because mm-hmm. uh, she was spending more time going up her nose than okay. you understand what I mean. Okay, I understand. Uh, and yes. I wouldn't do that because I'm trying to make it as mm-hmm. an actor. We had to have focus. Right. And yeah. so she came to the mission and brought another missionary with her. Mm-hmm. We stood in the middle of the street and prayed. I walked into the first realtor's office I saw. He gave me an apartment. No first, no last, no credit check. Tell me ain't no God. Yeah, you know? that's one hell <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and like I had a job, I was doing all right. Mm. And then six months later, I get this call to do this film in Spain. Nice. And everything changed. You know? And I thought about that, and I said, it was, it was more of me. You know, you get involved. People blame people for things. Mm-hmm. What happened to me is I got away being with her. I, got away from my focus your and path. going another direction. Mm-hmm. So when mm-hmm. I decided to come back, everything fell apart and had to regroup again. Mm-hmm. So that time I spent homeless was needed mm. for me to regroup and nurture myself. And yes. resharpen, right. refocus, mm-hmm. get yeah, it so. back. Have you always been very religious? No. I no? didn't get involved. Well, my father was a gospel singer. Mm-hmm. I have 11 pastors on my mother's side of the family. A uh, couple more pastors on my father's side. Mm-hmm. But uh, by going to so many schools and Catholic schools, uh, I just wasn't, you know, mm-hmm. I was agnostic. Okay. I always had a conversation with yes. someone when it comes to religion, you know, <laughs> see. But in 19, but when I was in college, I did this play, My Sweet Charlie. Mm-hmm. I was dating this girl who was a holiness, Church of God in Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, I met her from taking her sister back and forth to school in Boulder, and she was so beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so uh, she was with this choir. Uh, at this Church of God in Christ. Okay. So I joined the choir. Yeah. <laughs> to be with her. Be with her. All right. <laughs> and while I'm in this choir listening, you know, you hear things, but you say you don't hear them. You know? Right. I'm listening to these pastors. We traveled around all the different churches, mm-hmm. and things were catching up with me. So when I got ready to do My Sweet Charlie, uh, my life was, was just there. Mm-hmm. You know, I knew where I was going. And I'd never done a full-length play where I had to lead. Uh, it was like 76 pages, and I was on 74. And the two I wasn't on, I was still on stage. You know? <laughs> right. yeah. So uh, I walked the back of the stage. We're getting ready to start. And I got this something that covered me. Mm. And I fell on my knees, and I prayed and asked the Lord to, uh, to take care of me, let me get through this play, and I was going to get my life in order mm. and move, move on with my life and keep him first. Mm-hmm. And when I stepped in that play, I was not... No one knows it. I was not Sylvester Richardson anymore. I had become Cy Richardson. Yeah. Mm. That was the you big, made a transformation. That was, that was a big change there. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so that's when I got more and more involved. You know, but I, like I said, I still went through change. I went through science of mm-hmm. mind for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. I went with the Baptists. I went, yeah, you know, I went with all these, which is all very yeah, good uh, to yeah. do in and order to find what's right for you. Right. Because you know, it's you know, religion is a personal thing. Yeah, and. Because there there are many interpretations of it, but you've got to find what's comfortable and what sits with your soul and your heart. Yeah, because I spent you know. six and a half years. I taught Bible study at West Angeles mm-hmm. uh, for my book called Pep for Christian Entertainers. Okay. You know? But after that, uh, now I'm, I'm with Bel Air Presbyterian Church, and I've been with them two years. Mm-hmm. You know, saying I'm a deacon uh, at Bel Air too. Deacon's high. Yeah, yeah. See, right. <laughs> uh, so yeah, so God is always in my life, and like I tell my wife, and she laughs at me because. She realizes it's the truth. Mm-hmm. Uh, my my priorities in life is God first, family second, career third. Mm-hmm. You know, 
and that's how I have to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I tell whenever I get off that path, things fall apart. Mm-hmm. So this is the way I've set my life to go, and this is the way it's going to go. All know? right. Wow, well, that is another mouthful. I'm loving it. But just before we close out this segment, I'd say, but you're now situated in Lancaster? No, I'm actually in Newhall, California. You're in Newhall. Okay. I'm I'm in Newhall, California. I left Lancaster because when I went middle to Lancaster, it would take me 40 minutes to hit Universal. Mm -hmm. After people started moving in and build all those houses, it started Mm -hmm. taking me an hour and a half to two hours. So I had to come Mm -hmm. closer. Mm -hmm. And Newhall was close enough. I got here in 30 minutes. Oh, this is right. great. You know, I'm in a perfect spot. I can go all the way to Santa Monica in 45 minutes. All right. Yeah, so I'm in a perfect location. Thanks for delivery. Amen. <laughs> well, ladies and gentlemen, we are here with Cy Richardson talking about the biz, life, and spirituality. We'll be back with more right after this. Born in Chicago, raised in the city streets, my mama gave me the basic facts of life. for more well i am we are back with the man mr cy richardson artist extraordinaire and um very interesting his career spans theater film television movies commercials you know directing producing writing it's it's such a vast and varied um, life he's lived but i really want to know more about your music because it's very interesting to me um, now, you said you started singing when you were about 12, actually? I actually started when I was 10, but when at 12, 10. I sung with an all-boys, it was a four-course boys, 
and we sung in front of uh, 30 females. <laughs> Yeah, and that was our that was our group. Was that in the neighborhood? That was yeah, the neighborhood. Okay. Yeah. It was on the north side of Chicago. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but after that, yeah. uh, I started singing doo wops uh-huh. on the street corners. As a matter of okay. fact, uh I take pride in saying that I was singing doo wops with Curtis Mayfield and Jerry Butler on the corners on the north side of Chicago. Really? That was before they became Curtis Mayfield. Are you serious? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and it was quite a few guys that uh, nice. I, I knew. Because on the north side, was, we were close to uh, Gold Coast, mm-hmm. uh, where all the clubs were. Yes. Uh, it, was, it was an eclectic area. I lived in an area, a two-block area, where there was African-Americans, Asians, uh, you know, Irish. Mm-hmm. But a block on the other side of me was nothing but Italians and Sicilians. Mm-hmm. And the block south of me was nothing but African Americans. Mm-hmm. Because in Chicago, everybody was in a 20 block area. Mm-hmm. But this one section. Uh, it was like a melting pot. A melting right pot, there. yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, so uh, if you saw Cooley High, you saw my neighborhood. Yes, I did remember <laughs> very well. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so that's when I started singing. But by the time I was 16, uh, I was with a group uh, on the west side of Chicago. And uh, what we did. Uh, we Do you have the, the name of that group? You remember oh, the name? Oh, yeah, Little June and the Januaries. Little June and the Januaries. Yeah, I should have brought some of their stuff, too. I got some of their songs yeah. on it, too. And so uh, we wanted a, radio, a TV show. Uh, and we got a, uh, the, the prize was a, a recording contract. Mm-hmm. So we put out our first record, Oh, What a Feeling, which I wrote and sung the chorus to. Okay. Then before it came out, I was gone in the Navy. So I went and spent my two years in the Navy and came out, and we kept on with the comp- well, group and so forth in the company, uh, but nothing happened. So by mm. the time I hit 29, we had our own recording company. We had other groups that we were doing. Nice. But the problem is we were young, uh-huh. and these big boys out there, uh, they were stepping on our toes. That business, yeah, the uh, sharky. And, yeah, and we had payola was going on. Mm-hmm. We couldn't pay the way the others were, mm-hmm. and things was falling apart. And mm-hmm. none of our songs did anything but work within the local area, mm-hmm. from uh, Milwaukee to De- Detroit back to Chicago. Mm-hmm. So uh, mm-hmm. I one day I said, "Well, look, <laughs> the only way we're going to survive, one of us has got to go back to school." And I it's decided to business. go back to school. Yeah, that's and, right. And that's how, but yeah, I love singing. Yeah, I've been singing all my life. That's how you have to do yeah. it. Matter of fact, I even when I came here, I even thought about going down in the beach and just sing down there just to sing. <laughs> <laughs> and the funny thing you mentioned, let it go to the universe. You yeah. mentioned uh, Town Street, Nancy yes. Show Davis. Yes. For two years in a row, I was their lead singer, head singer, and they fundraisers. Really. And I had been telling her for years I yeah. sing. So the first fundraiser and uh-huh. I sung. We did forty songs, forties and fifty songs. And she mm-hmm. comes to me and she's looking at me and says, "You can sing." <laughs> I like, said, yeah, I told you. I, I, told I told you, you that. She said, no. She said, no, no. I mean, you can sing. I said, I understand what you mean. Yeah, said, yeah. That's great. No one wants to believe that that's what I did. You know? Yeah. But and I still sing now. I sing at church every now and then. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm singing at Merritt Hotel uh, the third of this month. Are you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where? Uh, there's a L.A. Merritt. There's a, a convention coming on called uh, Sex and Hot and Sex. Oh, it's called. no, you're not. Yeah. I have that right here, actually. <laughs> the Sweet and Hot yeah, Music Festival. Is, yeah. And I'm going to be an MC there. Oh, cool. So yes. I'm going to see you there. Yeah, so you probably know uh, Ava Dupree. Oh, very much. Yeah. And Wally. Yeah. Uh, yeah, she Wally wanted, Holmes. Yeah, yeah. she didn't want to call me and ask me if I would, I would mm-hmm. sing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're yeah. going to be in good company over yeah. there, brother, yeah. with Mills Brothers and mm-hmm. Hughes Corporation and all these people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great. Yeah. This is going to be great. Yeah, so now these the songs that you gave me, I love. Bad Man. Yeah. 
and what's the other one with with Elvis Costello? Big nothing. Big nothing. That's a story. Yeah. The film I did called Straight to Hell okay. and 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 uh, Spain. Okay. He was in the movie. Mm-hmm. So they were all sitting around waiting for the next scene, and we were you know just messing around. And he started playing, and everybody started singing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting there listening to him, and then all of a sudden I started singing with him, okay. and then suddenly everybody got quiet, <laughs> and so. And so Evelyn looked at me and says, you sing too? I said, yeah, I sung most of my life. And uh, he said, oh, okay. And then they broke out and started doing other songs. We just kept on singing. So when the film was over with, uh, I get this call. And Evelyn says, I, um, I got this number I want you to do with me and blah, 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 blah. He said, sure, I'll do it. You know, see? Mm-hmm. But that's how it all came about. Because they didn't realize, the director didn't realize that I can sing. Mm-hmm. You know, see? Because I did my first film with him with Repo Man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was on... I was on the um, Batman CD, mm-hmm. but they don't look. They didn't figure out the singer. I just because you didn't sing in the movie, right? This so. is what I do, you know. See, I, mm-hmm. so that's how I ended up. In that. yeah. mm-hmm. But see, that that goes back to saying closed mouths don't get fed, right? If you don't put it out there and let them know, they have no clue. I've been hearing that ever since I got with the first dinner <laughs> theater in the seventies. The director used to say, "A squeaky wheel gets all." Okay. Say something. So I just don't sit back and be like. Yeah. <laughs> right. It's like I'm here. I yeah. got something. Here. Yeah. Let it be known. Don't hold back. Because, what... you know, what that problem is. Uh, I remember reading in the Bible says, uh, "Don't boast on yourself. Let others boast." And it's a psychological mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. And to this day. I still don't say, you got me here talking, I yes. can do it then. But normally in a conversation, Just. I never tell people what I do. You mm-hmm. know, see. Like 
Western that Mario Van Peebles directed. Okay, yeah. I know. I didn't know you wrote that, yeah. but I know the film. Yeah. So okay. it was about my two grandfathers. And so the producer who produced uh, Sid and Nancy and Repo Man mm-hmm. was talking to me one day. And he says, Si, you right? He says, what you got? Mm-hmm. I said, I got this Western I wrote about my grandfathers. He said, well, I know these guys are looking for a project. Give it to them. They're very good. Mm-hmm. And so I gave it to them. And that's how it came about. <laughs> if he hadn't known I wrote, you know, <laughs> it never happened. Cause, and I knew the two guys. Because wow. you know, I did a film with them called Tapeheads. I never said anything. To okay. Them, you know, so. <laughs> okay. Let, let's just. I have to just run this down. Okay. Mr. Cy Richardson has appeared in over eighty movies, sixty television shows, and sixty plays. Now, do you ever sleep? <laughs> uh, my wife. Between all that and the music and the writing and the, how do you get? My wife says I'm nuts. You're yeah. nuts. But I'm I'm constantly working. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm constantly thinking. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I drive down the streets, I'm thinking. I'm putting ideas together. I'm constantly working on something. Mm-hmm. And if I don't work on something, uh, you can tell it. I'm frigid. Mm-hmm. I, you know, my, my my life doesn't seem to work right. My mother used to uh, call it something else. I start with a B. She said it, it comes out. <laughs> it comes out of me when I have nothing to do. Okay. <laughs> but, but I ain't gonna say that. But, that's what she said because I have to have something to do. Yes. You know I'm working on three different projects at this very mm-hmm. moment. And don't you have a book too? Yeah, I have a, my new book out. It's called yeah. 60 Plus Questions, A Busy Actor's Guide for Building Characters. Mm-hmm. You know, as I tell people, I'm a character actor. Mm-hmm. So I'll put this book together so we can help young people, uh, older ones too, because I have, I have you no know, guys 50, 60 years old in the industry use my book today mm-hmm. to help them. Uh, build their characters, you know, mm-hmm. and not try to make everything the same. Mm-hmm. See, I've mm-hmm. lost Some people agents. get stuck. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I've lost agents because uh, I wouldn't do the same character all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, see. They want to typecast you, put you in a mold. Yeah, they can't do that because I'm a character actor. I should be allowed to do different characters. When I go on a set or when I go audition, I find what works best for that character. Not come out doing the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. So one cat, mm-hmm. one agency. Well, it depends. You know, you know. There's, there's two, a couple of ways to do that. Some people out here are personality actors, mm-hmm. and then some are character actors, and mm-hmm. some are serious. You know, do the full thing. But I guess there's room for everybody. Oh yeah, you look at Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp's a character actor. Oh. you know, he does oh. everything. You know, the I've done leads in film too. You know, see, mm-hmm. but, but uh, I always classify myself as a character actor. Mm-hmm. Now, out of all of these things, what? Do you have one that's your biggest passion, or you enjoy them all fully, equally? I enjoy them all equally. I make more money as an actor than I do the other ones, uh, like I tell my students. Mm-hmm. I spent 16 years as a singer. I made more money in four years as an actor, <laughs> so I figured God called me to be an actor. <laughs> right. Yeah. Chop that down yeah. by four. Yeah. We can get you going. <laughs> but it depends on the project. Uh-huh. You know, I, I get a project. It depends on where I, where I feel best and where I feel led to go with it mm-hmm. you know see yeah because mm-hmm. now i just finished writing a script that uh, i want to direct mm-hmm. so now i'm looking for producers to produce it because i don't want to do it all mm-hmm. and will not, you will you be in it as well will you i just want to direct it just yeah. direct it. yeah i have this thing i don't want it to be a cy richardson quote film director writer uh, producer mm-hmm. uh, i think a film uh needs a collaboration of people everybody have ideas we mm-hmm. all bring these together and this is what makes a good film not one guy who does everything. I shouldn't say it. A nice little village work. Right. I mean, yeah. Just bring the people yeah. together. And that's and, what I like. Yeah, raise the child. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Take it back to the roots. Yeah. Roots. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. And, I don't, and I don't find enough uh, actors or producers or directors doing that anymore. Mm-hmm. Everybody, I, gave this, I gave a film to one guy, and he wanted to do everything. 
And I tell myself, that's not what I want. You know, to, There's a lot of that around yeah. this joint, you know, Hollywood. And I don't that. care about the, quote, money. You know, I have a friend mm-hmm. who's excellent, but he wants to be the next Spielberg. I said, no, what you do is you make a good movie. You know, Spielberg didn't try to may be the next big whoever was around time. He didn't try to be the next Spielberg. He right. was just him, and yeah. that happened for yeah. him. That you way. make a good right. story. Uh, my my film I like to tell my students about is Sex Lives and Videotape. There was no stars in that film when they made it. You mm-hmm. know, it was just a film with some new guys, mm-hmm. new ladies. They do the I film. The story it. worked. Boom! All of them blew loved up. it. It was very simple. Right, placed camera even mm-hmm. just cuts. Yeah. And, I mean, it was genius. Well, I, and that's that's what I like. I like. Mm-hmm. Telling the story. Tell the best story you can. The people buy the story. They like the story. You move to another level. Mm-hmm. You know? But to go mm-hmm. out trying to be a superstar from the start doesn't work. Mm-hmm. You know, at least I don't think so. Mm-hmm. You know? And my favorite person of all is Sam Jackson. I mean, what? took him 27 hey. years to become a star. There you go. And, and so that's the man you look at. Look at Here's a guy that spent 27 years of his life to make where he wanted to be. And it's wonderful. I really appreciate him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I appreciate him telling that story, too. Yes. Well, Cy, I appreciate you spending this time with me. And well, thank you. I enjoyed it. Yeah, you are rich. It's rich. I feel enriched. Even And I know you. <laughs> I, I've learned some more things today, and I, and I appreciate it. But um, could you please give them your website, how to contact you? Oh, okay. Um, my website is CyRichardson.com. Simple. Yeah. And... Uh, <laughs> Uh, my uh, email address is Cy at CyRichardson.com <laughs> There you have it <laughs> Wrapped up in a nice little rug Took a long time to do that <laughs> That's great yeah. Well I appreciate you and continued blessings Thank and you. In your career and life Thank you for inviting me You I, are most I, I welcome had a great time Thank you for joining me Ladies and gentlemen This has been the Legends and Masters series Here with your host Captain DJ Uncle Earl On the Underground Experience Please stay tuned for more